0: You're listening to petliferadio.com.
1: Welcome. You're listening to My Dog Digs Dirt. I'm your host, Lauren Collier. Well, he's rescued and trained and found homes for dozens of shelter dogs, trained hundreds of animals for commercials, films, and television. He is an Emmy award-winning TV host who has just released his first book, Lucky Dog Lessons. On today's show, meet the host of the CBS TV show, Lucky Dog, Brandon McMillan, and find out how you can train your dog in just seven days. Yes. I gotta stay tuned too. I uh, hope you will as well. I don't know about you, but I really need the help. My dog digs dirt is back right after this. My Dog Digs Dirt is back with Emmy Award-winning TV host, animal lover and rescuer, and trainer, Brandon McMillan, star of one of my favorite shows, Lucky Dog. Thrilled to have you here, Brandon.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: I have to tell you, I was kind of surfing the channels one weekend and on comes this show I had never seen before, and it's your show, Lucky Dog, and I, I've just been hooked ever since. It's really wonderful. It's just so positive and upbeat for those listeners who might not have had the privilege to watch it. Let's talk about that first. Tell everybody what you do and what you accomplish.
0: Well, Lucky Dog is a basically it's a story of second chances. Every week on the show, I rescue one dog from a kill shelter. I bring it back to my ranch, known as the Lucky Dog Ranch, where I Proceed to assess it for what it knows and, more importantly, what they don't know. And then I rehabilitate them and find them the appropriate home. Sometimes, a lot of times, it's just uh, a family pet. And quite often, I train them for, uh, to become service dogs or even therapy dogs for people in need. So I've always said dogs are a, an important part of our society. And I don't look at a dog as a pet. I look at it as, a, as an asset to the family or potentially an asset to save someone's life.
1: Well, it's so wonderful because it's such a win-win situation. There you are. You go to the shelter, and then you help the dog by training, and then you go and find this wonderful family as a match. Sometimes is that hard to do because you you are selective, which I think you say you really have to be.
0: Well, it's... um, Yes and no. I mean for years i I did this before the show, and I had an email list of probably between five and ten thousand people and wow. between the you know the between that social network and then when social media got popular, it even got easier because now the things are shared so quickly and so it once I put one email out or or a post, it spreads like wildfire at this point. And, I really have no problem finding people nowadays. The only times I have, a, have an issue finding someone is when it comes to a service dog, where I know this dog is specifically going to be good for one type of person. And sometimes it's hard to get a disabled person to step up to the plate to be actually on camera. Now, off camera, I could find them in a heartbeat, but to mm-hmm. be on the show and what, and what I, you know, what I promote, sometimes that's the hardest part. Is I, you know, I tell people, listen, you got to let your guard down because you know I want to show the power of what a service dog can do for you. Yeah, and it's that amazing. tends to be the, that's the most difficult part is, is getting someone to not only show the disability on camera, but, you know, let let your guard down. I always tell people, I say, listen, this show is to promote shelter dogs and it's to promote what, what dogs can do for us. And the most effective way to make sure it comes off on television, you got to let your guard down 100 percent.
1: Now, when you go to the shelter, is it hard to choose because there's so many to choose from? Do you have something in your mind that you're thinking this might work with this family or how does that work?
0: Oh, absolutely. It's well. It can be a little hard to choose, but often what I do is um, the shelters know exactly kind of the criteria that I'm looking for. Often because I'm mm-hmm. looking for families, and so they say, "Listen, we got a great dog down here. This is exactly what you're looking for." I think, and so it does make it. It does make the process easier. The reality is, I can go through a shelter, and if you have a hundred dogs, I can figure out usually within five to ten minutes which ones are going to be perfect for, you know, the families that I know that I'm looking for. Right. Case, you... I can spot a lot right through, right through the bars. And then once I meet them inside the, inside the, uh, the kennel, it gets even easier. So I've I, and the reason I can do it so, so well now is because I've got so many miles under my belt at this point doing this stuff.
1: You go around to different shelters, correct?
0: Oh, I go around to different shelters. Actually, off the show, I go around to different shelters around the country. But just in L.A. here, I, I mainly hit the L.A. shelters.
1: Right. And and of course, this is in your blood because you come from a family of animal lovers and, and trainers and rescuers. Is that right?
0: Yeah, exactly. My my whole family—they were wild animal trainers in the entertainment industry. Wow. So, so yeah, that was my that was my background. I trained animals for the movies for about fifteen years, and about five six years ago, I completely jumped ship in the middle of my career. And you know, that's career suicide for most ah. people. And honestly, right. I. I didn't care because I wanted to get more fulfill- fulfillment out of my career. I I decided that training animals for, you know, for movies, it was fun, but it wasn't giving me f- fulfillment inside. You know, I don't know everything, but what I do know is you're not here for long on this earth. So you better wake up in the morning and do something you absolutely mm. love. Absolutely. And that's exactly right. I switched my career to training service dogs and therapy dogs because I absolutely love doing it. And, you know, ironically for the first three, four years of doing it, I i mean, I was flat broke. I got evicted out of two apartments. That I was oh my, my car goodness. For, yeah. But I loved doing it. I, it was the only thing I knew how to do. And I knew, and that, that, you know, it would just be a matter of time before the concept really, you know, it settled in with people.
1: So did they come to you with the idea for Lucky Dog or how did that uh, well, start? Actually,
0: well, what happened, well, what happened there was around, uh, two, I think, early 2013, CBS, they got rid of their Saturday morning cartoons. Now, if you're a kid of the 80s like I am, you remember that story you grew up. <laughs> and, and so um, when they told me they were getting rid of their Saturday morning cartoons, I was like, Man, what are you going to replace it with? They're like all-age programming. We want shows that you know that everybody can watch. And so I said, well, how can I help you? They said, well, we know what you do. We, we see your concept and how you do you know, you change these shelter dogs into these amazing animals helping people. Wow. And they said, we want to document this. Exactly. And so uh-huh. it's funny because whenever they came to me and they said, we want to film what you do. And I'm like, this isn't show worthy. What do I do? Uh-huh. I just take dogs from the shelter and train them to become service dogs and help people in need. I didn't make the connection until they actually filmed me doing it for a few weeks.
1: Oh, wow. And
0: oh, wow. they showed me an edit of, of a cut of what we're going to show on TV. And I was blown away. I actually cried when I watched the first
1: edit. Oh, that's so great.
0: Yeah, it wasn't even an episode yet. It was just basically a concept, you know, edit, what we're going to show on TV. I cried. I'm like, you know, it's funny. I've been doing this for years, and I didn't even know it was so impactful or heartwarming. I just looked at it as... I'm going to rescue a dog, and I'm going to train it, and I'm going to give it to somebody wow.
1: who needs it. That's it. I that must be so Yeah, so sad. They, they kind of yeah. opened my eyes. Yeah, you, you never eyes. know, right? I mean, yeah, I love the fact that you're always so positive, you know, like the way you're training techniques, and we're going to talk about your new book, but it's just even with the people, because you sort of do the animal, of course, but you also have your hand in the families that are going to adopt. You make sure they realize they're part of it, too.
0: Well, exactly. Because, you know, look, you can have the best trained dog in the world, but if you put it in the in hands of people that aren't educated on how to handle a trained dog, it could be the worst dog in the world.
1: So, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah dog training is only half the battle. Human training is the other half.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, so that brings us to your book because I could use you to come over and train my Bouvier. I, I need a lot of help there. It's Lucky Dog Lessons it's a wonderful book. And Brandon, it's something that anyone can read and really gain a lot from. Was it difficult to write your lessons down into a book form?
0: Believe it or not, the most difficult part about it, it wasn't writing it down. It was trying to make the book different than any other book on the market.
1: Yeah, And here's what
0: I mean when I would I say that for the past, you know, 10, 15 years, there's been hundreds of dog training books in the market. Yes. And what I wanted to do was I wanted, first of all, the secret, you know, the secret in writing a successful book is finding out what's had been out there hundreds of times, you know, for the past, you know, 10, 15 years. So I, I scanned all the books out there. I'm reading all the techniques. And I'm like, well, these are just, you know, I've seen these a million times. Mm. So what I'm purposely did was I made sure my techniques were polar opposites of theirs, but um, I also had to write it simple enough that yes. anyone could do it. I didn't want to do my advanced techniques that you had to be an advanced dog trainer to, to execute them. I wanted to make sure the techniques were so simple that a five-year-old could do this. And Absolutely so that, right. that was the hardest part was digging deep into the arsenal of every command I, I give a dog, I've got 20 ways to teach a dog a down. And right. so I wanted to make sure that my down was different than any other book out there. And also it was simple enough that anyone could do it.
1: Because you, you stress the seven common commands. Let's tell everybody what those are. Because I know my dog doesn't know not one of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> seven common commands are sit, stay, down, come, off, heel, no. And, and I call them the seven common commands because if you really think about it, these are the most common commands that we ask our dogs to do on a daily basis. I don't promote tricks in this book. And the reason why I don't is because tricks are, they're not going to make your dog be a, a more, better behaved dog. I teach, I like stressing obedience because obedience is what not only going to make him a well-trained dog, but an obedient dog, a well-mannered dog. Tricks are for kids. They're fun. But my book is based on the ABCs and one, two, threes, the, the pure education of what a dog should have as a core foundation in their system.
1: And we're talking about every dog. We're not just talking about, you know, big, you know, I laugh because my dog's about 132 pounds and should be, you know, learn these. But also someone with a smaller dog. I mean, a dog doesn't just know these. They have to learn them. Would you agree with that, Brandon?
0: Absolutely. You know, this book was written for any size dog, any breed, any type of personality. And the beauty is um, every chapter that covers whatever I cover, there's variations of the technique. So if I'm teaching your dog a stay, Here's one way we can do it. If that way didn't work, here's a variation, and if that right. way doesn't work, it's another variation. So I make sure I cover all the, the the basics of the specific kind of personalities or the or the problems or troubles you might run into. Okay, well that that didn't work with my dog. Well, guess what? I got a couple more variations. Exactly.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, it's really a wonderful book. We're going to continue our discussion. We're going to take a short break, but we will be back with Brandon McMillan, wonderful dog trainer, great TV host, new dog, lucky dog lessons when we return. Everything we tried
0: failed except the Dynavite. The standard run-of-the-mill tests and treatments.
1: Cortisol. Multiple creams. Antibiotics. Spray. Multiple prescriptions. Steroid
0: injections. E- topical spray. For
1: shots. Antibiotics. Steroid cream.
0: No results.
1: It was neglect. The other owners didn't care enough about him to take care of them and to give him the nutrition he needed. A
0: nutritional supplement like Dinovite.
1: To be the healthy, happy dog he is today. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E
0: oh. dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Put some nutrition in your dog. The vet that I trust recommended Dinovite. The dog I have today, because of Dinovite, has a sparkle in his eye, a lush coat, healthy skin. When you rescue a dog... You've got to feed them right for life.
1: Dynavite will make your dog a happy dog. Dynavite is nutrition. Dynavite for life.
0: 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000.
1: D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot
0: no. com. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years.
1: Hi, My Dog Digs Dirt is back. Uh, We are with Brandon McMillan, who has just written the most wonderful book called Lucky Dog Lessons. And before the break, we were talking about how this is easy for anyone to understand, Brandon. And you said you wrote it with that in mind because you also talk about the fact that you think it's so important that people train their dog. You agree with that?
0: Exactly. That's that's exactly why you know, that was exactly my theory when I wrote this book. I just I needed the reader to really absorb the information quickly instead of wondering what did they just read.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Because what I what I didn't want to come off as when I wrote this book is. I don't want the reader to think, you know, I'm, I'm some God to the dogs mm-hmm. and I have this special power to speak dog. No, I'm just like everybody else out there. And I'm going to teach you the simplest techniques because just like you, I have problems with my dogs. And if yes. this technique is, watch this. We're going to teach them this one.
1: That's great. It's really wonderful. What are some of the common problems that you see that you think, geez, if they just learn this, this would go away? You know, because all, you know, there are like the barking or maybe a little food aggression or things like that. One of the
0: most common problems I think I see time and again is people rewarding bad behavior okay. and they reward bad behavior unknowingly. So I'll give you a good example. I, I see it all the time. I probably see it once every couple of days. We have somebody at a sidewalk cafe and their dog won't stop barking. Uh-huh. The way they keep the dog quiet is they give it a treat. And it's true. It does quiet the dog up for 30 seconds while they're chewing, but the dogs make the connection that when they bark, they get a reward. So right. technically, the person just taught them to bark because every time, the, and dog training is all about timing, as we know. And you give a dog a treat right after he barks. Well, you basically taught it to bark. Mm. In fact, that's how we teach a dog. That's how we use to teach dogs to bark. To bark in the in the film industry. We would actually just wait for them to bark naturally and time it, and then we would you know put a command to it right as the barking. Ah. and Give them a treat. And it's really the quickest way to teach a dog to bark on command. So okay. Don't realize so a lot of people don't realize that they're rewarding bad behavior, and I see it left and right. And it honestly it takes a dog trainer sometimes to point these things out to you as a right. dog owner. And all of a, you make the connection. You're like, oh, I never thought of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It seems right. It seems silly, but still, exactly. Another thing you stress, which I love, is that no dog is beyond saving.
0: Exactly. I mean, no dog is beyond saving. A lot of people think just because their dog is up is old and aggressive and you know, set in their ways. Dogs are just like humans. They have the ability to learn that new information, even if it's an, at an older age. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I would highly disagree with that. You just can't teach them as fast. Okay. So every dog is is worth saving. Now, it is true. There are some dogs that are institutionalized to their old life, but mm-hmm. I always say what you can't train, we adjust with. In other words, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of aggressive dogs in the past that I've worked with. And, you know, I've come to the point where I said, okay, you know what? This is basically instinctive to the dog to, become, to be aggressive. Now, I can't make him be a sweet dog to other dogs. However, right. I can adjust my handling ability, my training ability ah. to where I actually catch him before he gets aggressive. And that's how we, do we deal with something like aggression. So instead of, instead of trying to socialize this highly aggressive dog to make him sweet, which often is disastrous, Mm-hmm. i say, you know what, Let's just, we're going to time it. And I cover that in the book, in the aggression chapter. If you can time the dog and look at, look at aggression like a meter, so there's like yellow, orange, and red, right. yellow being safe, red being obviously aggression zone, you can keep their aggressive tendencies in that yellow zone, then that's how we manage aggression. That's how we handle our dogs better. Because I can't force the dog to be sweet, but yeah. I can time it correctly. I can time it correctly, keeping him in that safe zone.
1: I see. Now, why do you think some owners have so much difficulty with their dogs and their training and such? Well,
0: there's a lot of variables. I really cover this in the book. In fact, one of the first chapters I really open up with is um, is variables. I talk about the variables of dog breeds, the variables of Mm -hmm. of personalities, their dog's history. No two dogs are alike. They're like a thumbprint. So. Let's just take your breed, for example. First thing you have to do is take your breed into, into consideration. What was originally bred for? How has the world changed since those times? So a lot of breeds are two, 300 years old, and the breed, what it was used for is outdated because now we have technology to fill in the, that job. Right. But the dog itself, the breed hasn't changed. It still is, still is that instinctive personality to do that, to do that job. And so people always wonder, what am I doing wrong? Why is the dog doing this? You're doing ah, nothing wrong. That's a hurting right. that's a hurting dog. So that's when your right. kids come over and I start playing, your hurting your hurting breed starts nipping them in the back of the ankles. You did nothing wrong.
1: Exactly.
0: And and then we take history. What did did the dog go through before you adopted them? The dog could have been abused, neglected, it could have had a you know, institutionalized to a life before you and Again, that all plays a vital role into your dog's personality, why it is the way it is, because right. we don't know exactly what happened to our rescue dogs. So we have to guess. So my Chihuahua, for example, she was highly abused before I got her. And she. Wow. it took her about three years to even come close enough to me where I could actually pick her
1: up without her oh, screaming. Oh, goodness.
0: Right. Exactly. And that's, that's institutionalized. I that's see. That's institutionalized. To her previous you know life before me right and again there's nothing i did wrong obviously right so i had to be sensitive on my approach how i trained her
1: i mean i just it's just it's a wonderful book you must be very proud of it also you must be proud of your relationship to the argus service dog foundation you talked about how important it is uh you feel so good about helping with service dogs Uh, have you been involved for a long time
0: yeah yeah no me and um uh, my partner, Mike Hurstick, we started that foundation years ago, and basically, we started it for the same reasons that we continue it. We um, we don't believe that disabled veterans should come back from war and have to uh, struggle
1: with their Fantastic. everyday lives.
0: So we, we train them physical assist dogs to help them. We specialize in the ones that have taken some injury, maybe... Uh, they were hit by an IED and they're missing limbs or they're in a wheelchair. Because, uh, and the reason why I can train these dogs so quickly is because a lot of the techniques I did in the film industry, uh, they pretty much are service dog style techniques. So I would teach the, the dog on the Super Bowl commercial to run to the fridge, open the fridge up, grab the beer. and bring That it was the a nap great
1: nap. commercial. <laughs>
0: exactly. And so, so, you, so I had these, te- these techniques in my training arsenal. And so that's exactly why I jumped ship in my career, like I was saying earlier. I literally stopped that, and I said, you know what, I'm going to train dogs to do this exact same stuff, wow. but to help people.
1: That's so terrific. How can people get in touch with you, Brandon? How can they find the book, maybe even be a part of the show if they want to adopt or you know, get involved with the uh, Service Dog Foundation? How do they find you?
0: Well, my, my website, uh, canineminded.com, has pretty as a one-stop shop for all this. Um, it's got, talks about the show. It talks about the. Um, uh, of course, there's a page for the book. There's a page for the foundation, and um, then on my social media handles, everything is at Brandon. Either um, at Brandon McMillan or at Animal
1: Brandon. Fantastic, and the book again, Lucky Dog Lessons. I sort lucky, of mentioned before, but you must dog. be very proud of it.
0: I am. I am, and like I said, it's it's hopefully for years to come, it'll it'll be considered, you know, one of the one of the most respected books of dog training because, um, like I said, books. They never go away. And so I'd like, you know, 30, 40 years from now, people to look back at this book and say this book was ahead of its
1: time. Oh, yeah. Train your dog in seven days. I mean, you read it and you can really do that. Exactly. That's that's the goal. Like I said, That's a goal. Uh, Uh,
0: Dog training is a little bit like martial arts for dogs. All you have to do is teach them the technique uh and uh, they can learn the techniques in you know a week. And then, you know, after that, all you have to do is condition them. Once they've they've learned the technique, they're trained. Now you just practice a little bit every day.
1: But then you have to practice, right? Yeah, you have to practice. But not a long, you know, right. It's not a long thing. You could practice just a little bit every day, right? Would that be right?
0: Yeah, but the training, but think about it. The training part, teaching them the technique, that only takes a week. But the practice, it's either going to take you, you know, a month. It could take years. Right. It just makes your dog better, better. But they already know the technique. In other words, I could teach a dog the down in a day or two they already now they know the down now we just repeat it over and over that's not training
1: that's conditioning. right ah well it's a great book and I thank you so much for being here Brandon thank you so much and I thank all our listeners uh, you should certainly log on to the website and learn more and tune into the show because it's fantastic and read the book thank you everybody this has been my dog digs dirt
0: let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com.